Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is going to come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. What's up, what's up, podcast people? I know that you guys love it when I sing. Not really, but, you know, it's what it is. So, guys, I am pumped. I'm actually, I'm all, I'm all jacked up. Uh, because today on the podcast, we have Aubrey Monroe Watson. What? So, let, let me tell you a little bit about, I don't know, I guess to people, are people calling you Mrs. Watson now? Is that weird? No, I... <laughs> Most people don't know. I'm trying, like, to honor my husband and poor guy. I'm like, it'll be too confusing for the softball world. So I kept Monroe in my jersey. That was kind of important to me. And But now that I'm done, I'm like, all right, I got to start transitioning yeah. to Watson. So it, it's very new. I have people ask me all the time, is it Monroe? Is it Watson? I'm like, it's both. You're it's both. Wrong. That's right. Sorry. That's right. It's hyphenated. I don't know if it's hyphenated, but yeah. yeah, it's both. But but let me tell you guys a little bit of Aubrey. Uh, she played at the University of Florida from 2013 to 2016, where in Florida, of all places, you met Jesus at University of Florida? Of all places. I love mm-hmm. it. But even more than that, just talking about her husband, she met Jesus and her husband at University <laughs> of Florida. Dude, that's a win-win. So going to Florida, was that was like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and so Aubrey also played professionally. She was on the 2020 Olympic team that played in Tokyo, came home with a silver medal. Woo! And recently... Well, the, this part isn't recent. She's been a part of Church on the Dirt for, gosh, how many years now, Aubrey? Like two, three? Um, I think we officially kind of launched it. Maybe it was 2018. Okay. I mean, but with all of us playing on the national team over, like, the last, I mean, 2020 was basically a bus for everybody. <laughs> and then right. for us, I mean, 2021, we were training. So it's been uh, quite a few years, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like that long at all. So yeah, yeah. I think we officially started in 2018. Okay, perfect. Um, and I love what Church on the Dirt, they actually bring church to the ball fields, resources, uh, literally bringing Jesus, right? Um, and I didn't know this. So we're going to talk about this a little bit. You have started Born Ready Sports. I love that because your grandfather <laughs> used to say, I was born ready. Like, I can't, yes. I can't. I can hear me say it like I was born ready, right? Like, so, so tell me about, and you started this with your mom and your older sister. Is that right? Yeah, I think we're kind of in a process of figuring out like what any of that is right now. I mean, it definitely started, um, my grandpa passed away. I lived with my grandparents because my parents got divorced when I was like four. Me and my mom and my older sister, we moved in with them. And so my grandpa was huge part of my life. Um, he was when we started the whole softball obsession in my family. So, um, he was a 
just a larger than life personality, but he passed away my sophomore year of high school. And that's when we were reminded of the whole born ready thing. He was a huge John Wayne fan. Like we had a John Wayne room that was like a Western that's room. Awesome. I'm talking John Wayne cut out velvet painting of John Wayne. I mean, <laughs> he loved John Wayne. A velvet of painting John of John Wayne. That's yes. like, that's right up there with like a velvet painting of Elvis. Isn't it? Right. I mean, it's just exactly. like, yeah, yeah. They it go is. hand in hand. <laughs> Uh-huh. So um, when he passed away, the whole um, I was born ready, which is a famous John Wayne line uh, kind of resurfaced and it became this thing in my family of like, OK, I was born ready for like the good stuff, the bad stuff. Like um, and then when I got to college and I really found my personal relationship with Jesus, um, it kind of went hand in hand with Esther 414. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. And that's, you know, uh, one translation. But um, then I graduated. And I was like, I mean, we couldn't have social media at Florida in when I was there. So I graduated and I'm like, dude, I, I just had the time of my life. It was a dream college career. And like, what the heck do I do now? And I want it to be purposeful. And um, my, like, I'm in Florida, my mom's in Nevada, my sister's in California. And we just kind of wanted something to do together. Um, so it's, it's kind of varied. And again, like over the last couple of years, I've been so busy playing that it's just been like, there's no time to do anything else. Yeah. Um, but a big focus was like, okay, yeah, we want to teach you softball skills. My mom coaches um, pitchers and things like that. She's a large part of why I was the catcher I was because my mom was a pitcher. I so was going to say, I'm surprised, that, I'm surprised you weren't a pitcher. <laughs> nope. She would have made me pitch every day. So I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so Born Ready just kind of took on this life of, I mean, my grandpa taught, my mom how to work hard, face adversity, um, be a good teammate, just like really respect the game and kind of a lot of those intangibles. And then my mom in turn passed it on to my sister and I. And so, and so much of my approach to the game and the things that I have always brought to the game have very much been kind of in the intangible area, like being a good teammate, being gritty, like things that don't really show up on a stat line that are really important. And so that was kind of the thing about, with Born Ready, we would do skills stuff, and then we would always have some type of workshop where we talked about being a good teammate or being gritty or, um, like, what does it look like to face adversity and just things that I think kind of got lost in the shuffle of recruiting and just, like, being just blinders up for your scholarship that we kind of forgot, like, how to compete and sure. just for the sake of competing right you know and to to be a part of something bigger than yourself with your teammates and working hard together we kind of got blinders up for scholarships and so um that was sort of the need that we felt so we don't totally know where we're at right now as far as what we're going to do like my sister just adopted a little girl which is like the best Um, yeah and so just a lot of like really big changes in our family but um the the mantra of being born ready and just that being a big part of my family like that'll always be there and so trying to figure out what that looks like in the softball world but it's been a real pleasure to like share that with people um and just that kind of mentality man that's awesome well very cool well something you said when you were talking about starting um you know born ready uh born ready sports something you said was you wanted to do something after college that that had a purpose you know you wanted Mm to and, and here's, you know, I, I have seen and, and mentored and, and really gotten a, a wonderful chance to know a lot of 
softball players that have played collegiately, and the one thing I see when they get done is they struggle. They struggle when their career is over. They struggle whether it is after four great years of college ball or if it is a career-ending injury. Now, that that's tough for everybody, right? But mm-hmm. I think ha- having something be a part of your life for so long, and not just a part of your life, such a big part of your life for so long, and then all of a sudden one day it's gone, I see so many of these college girls go, holy cow what do I do now? And who am I now? And wait a minute, mm-hmm. what's next? And so I know that you recently put out um, social media wise that you officially retired in February yeah. 2022. So, but retired, <laughs> it sounds like such a crazy word. You're too young to retire, right? Isn't I know. A- <laughs> so I, like- know. I call them retiring. They're like, what, you're 28. Like, what does that even mean? And I'm like, I- it means something in my softball world, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I'm just closing the chapter and, um, yeah, it's, there's been a lot of peace over it. So, which I, I'm just so grateful for, cause I've wondered for years, like, yeah. Hey, I know that like, I'm not going to be playing forever. Like I'm not, I didn't have the, I, I could feel the end coming right. kind of over the last handful of years. I'm in, honestly, in God's kindness, I really think he prepared my heart like little by little. Yeah. Over the last few years, just like, all right, get ready. You know, yeah. and I, but I still wondered, like, because I've never been, like, I think a lot of other athletes can relate to this. Like, I chose Florida because I wanted to win a national championship. Like, it was a great fit for me, the coaching style, everything. But, like, I was, like, I had blinders up. Like, I will right. win a national championship in college, which, like, when I think back is a little naive, but at the same time, like we did it. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah. okay, right. I chose right. Right. Um, but I have never had any real like career aspirations. You know, I've never been like, all right, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to go do this. And then like this, uh, but at the end of it, I want to have a, you know, a degree in business and I'm going to start my own business or I'm going to be a doctor or I'm going to be this or, you know, what? like any job. Right. Whatever. I just, I've never really had that. It's always been, I want to play softball and I'm, you know, I never anticipated playing at 28, but yeah, I, I just always kind of figured like, it'll work itself out. Like I'll figure out what I want to do along the way. And I just kept being able to play, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I can relate to, you know, the, like, what am I now? Who am I now? Like, what do I do now that this huge part of my life is gone? Right. But I would say something that I wish we talked about more is like, we hear, you know, a lot of the colleges do, um, like, it's not really a job fair, but like stuff like that, because everybody tells us people want to hire athletes, people want to hire athletes. And you're kind of like, okay, cool. Like, that's great to hear, but like, why? Yeah. And I think something that I've learned is that there's so many skills that I have because of what I experienced as a college athlete, getting up for 6 a.m. and and things that you may have struggled with in college, but like, you know, by the time you're a senior, you get it, you're able to get up on time, you're able to do all those things. Yeah. And there's so many things that like, you might not know how to write it in a resume just yet, but like you have skill sets beyond throwing a ball. Yeah. You know, and so that's something that I, I mean, like being able to manage a workload is a skill that I think as athletes, we think that's not that big of a deal, but the more I'm outside of it, I'm like, 
these people don't know how to manage their lives. Like, right. They can't, their time management is awful. And it's like, it's become something that we do naturally because we have to. Right. And so, or like, if you're at a school where you do media, you know, you're doing interviews with local press or press right. conferences, like that's a skill being able to like speak publicly effectively. It's right. a skill. And it's not, that might not be everybody, but there's a lot of things that you've gained in your four years, five years, whatever your story is that are really, really great skills that people want in their workforce. You just kind of have to figure out how to put it on paper to get right. a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To make it tangible. Right. Yeah. So one of the things like you had said a minute ago was you felt a peace about it. So, mm-hmm. so tell me, how did your relationship with Jesus, did that play a role in all of this? And is like you said, you, you had prayed through it a little bit. So, so tell me about one, having a relationship with Jesus, was this an easier decision? And like, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mentioned like, I really found my relationship with Jesus in college. Um, I'd always, I would have always identified as a Christian growing up. Like I went to church, Sunday school, all that stuff. But in high school, I wasn't in church a ton because I was doing the travel ball, softball stuff. And my older sister played volleyball. So we were always busy on weekends. And then my freshman year of college had my come to Jesus moment of like, all right, I can't do this on my own anymore. Lord, like take over. It's what I'm doing isn't working. So (laughs) it's yours. Um, And I've just seen God work in my life um, through the game. And like, I just think. I've had some time obviously to think about this and reflect on my career. And I'm just amazed at how God has used softball. Like he, I I used a game in my life that I love to save me, like equip me and send me out, you know, like that's that's what he's done in my life. And like through a game, that's just really, really cool. And so, um, having a relationship with Jesus though has one it's I just feel like again I say like in his kindness he's just kind of prepared me for this yeah um because I'm not like I'm just not a real cold turkey personality (laughs) I like like my my time in college like we got upset my senior year at home against Georgia I walk off fashion it was like just real brutal and I did a fifth year to student coach and I loved it Cause I loved my experience at Florida. Um, and I, I got this chance to kind of transition my way out instead of like graduating and like, see you later. And so I loved that. Yeah. And then I kind of always thought like, I won't be able to retire right after the Olympics. It's too big of a high to just end on. Like, right. That's just not really my style. And so, but with the postponement of the Olympics, everything, you know, my perspective kind of changed. I got married in 2019 so my whole life perspective shifted a little bit, not sure. a ton. Um, I was still just like dead set on playing in the Olympics. Um, but just like seeing some perspective shifts, even just like with my job, like I've been a catcher since I was six years old, my whole life. I've been a pitcher's catcher. Like I, nothing has ever bothered me about the job. Like, <laughs> all right, we get yelled at, we get beat up and nobody cares. Right. Like things have just in last probably few years have just been like, gosh, bullpens kind of suck, <laughs> you know, like said catchers tired. everywhere and all of the catchers right. rejoiced. <laughs> exactly. And so just like some things where I was like, okay, yeah, the, t- the end might be near, yeah. you know, and yeah. 
and I just see that as God's kindness of like, it wasn't, it still wasn't abrupt. Like, I mean, praise the Lord. I didn't have an injury. That was always kind of a little bit of a fear in the back of my mind. Sure. Um, but I definitely didn't think I was going to be done. I wanted to play this summer. Originally I tried out for the team in January and again, like it's when I really think about it, like I just can't help but think about how God has just had his hand on the whole process. Yeah. And there's peace in that alone. Yeah. And so like I went to tryouts in January and there were so many great catchers there, like truly so many great catchers. And, but if you would have told me two years ago that after I became an Olympian, I wouldn't have made the team. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I don't believe you, you know? And I don't say that to be arrogant. It's more like, you know, you think I became an Olympian. I've got this experience. I've got, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever comes with that. Sure. Um, but there is this feeling of like, okay, I think this is a tough tryout. I mean, we got new coaches, um, the programs kind of trying a new approach, things like that. And I just had this feeling of like, all right, God, you're well, like, it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to do my part. Um, I just, and I shared um, at NFCA, which I don't know if your listeners um, are people that were there, but I shared about how God kind of gave us, even if from Daniel three, just this sense of like, even if we don't win, like God is still good. He's still worthy of our praise. Like, and that's a very condensed version. Um, But I got sick at tryouts actually. (laughs) And I only competed for half the tryout. And there's, there's protocol and stuff like that to protect us in that scenario. And if anyone were probably to be protected, it would be me. Like I've been on the team for six years. I just like, they've got plenty of information on me. Right. Right. Um, and I, uh, a lot of my friends, my church on the dirt friends were on Marco Polo and stuff. And I was driving home and cause thank goodness it was in Florida. I got to go home and just like be in my own bed. (laughs) But I told them, I was like, you know what guys, I'm okay. Like, this is a bummer. This is not what I wanted to happen, <laughs> but I feel like God just stored up, even if in my heart and it, if it was good enough for a silver medal, it's good enough for right now. Yeah. You know? Yep. And there was a lot of peace, even in that moment of like, all right, God, like, cause you kind of get checked. Like, even oh, yeah. if, like, but really, really, Aubrey, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? And it really felt like it was stored up in my heart so surely that like, like I didn't have to hope for it or like, Oh, like what can I draw on right now? It just came. Right. And so that was a total blessing. And then coach Char called me, which was really great of her. Um, but she called me personally and told me that I didn't make the team had a good cry that day. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh no. I had a good cry. It was like, it's okay. I don't know. I just, but no bitterness, no anger, just kind of like, yeah. Okay. Like plans are changing. I had, I was mostly sad about how I had envisioned myself finishing. Gotcha. And it was with USA. It was like with my family around because they couldn't go to Tokyo. Like there were things that I had wanted and envisioned. And I think I was mourning that more than the rest of it. And so then I kind of had to shift to like, all right, am I going to play WPF, all that stuff. Um, But the whole time, no bitterness, um, just like a lot of gratitude. 
That's awesome. Like just thinking, wow, God, you used me. Like mm. really feeling like I got put on that team for a reason at the right time. Cause I didn't get invited till like we won in 14 and 15 and I'm thinking I'm getting invited. I've got to get invited. Like I just played the best softball of my life <laughs> and no invite, no invite. And then the year I did get invited, like six other catchers had said no. So I was like, not in the first round of invites. Right. Right. So it's, I look back at stuff like that. I'm big on doing like inventory on my life and kind of reflecting. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, I got put there at the right time. Mm. And I really felt like I, you know, there was a piece and feeling like, okay, it's time like for me to do something else. And I didn't know if I wasn't retiring at that point. I was just like, and I felt really humbled. Like, God, you chose me mm. for that. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. some little scrawny kid who, like, who could throw a ball well, you know? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> I don't know. I just, that I think having a relationship with Jesus made not making the team easier that my six years ago, that yeah. would have rocked me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have been rocked and I I think you know like having a relationship with Jesus if we let it 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 gives us a bigger picture than the right now right yes like it gives us a bigger picture kind of like you know you can look back and you can look forward and go wow I can't believe God used me in the ways that he used me And, and you know that's where the gratefulness comes from instead of being so wrapped up in the right now I think that mm-hmm. if we let it happen, you know, a relationship with Jesus can kind of give us a big picture. So I love That's that. That's really good. Yeah. 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 I love that. So he- here's the question. What, what's been the biggest adjustment? Like, do you, do you ever put your glove on and walk around the house? Like what? <laughs> no, I <laughs> do you ever look at your that. husband and say, Hey, do you want to go play catch or, you know, like what what's happening there? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, I, the biggest adjustment it hasn't, I haven't been hit by anything hard because part of what made it easy to retire was I have, like I said, that kindness of God and like shifting my perspective. I have loved being home. Like I have not been truly able to like settle in, be home. My poor husband, it's like, we're still newlyweds. We will be married three years next week. And I'm like, dude, I've been gone for half of our marriage. Like, oh no. <laughs> poor guy. And so I have just really loved being home with my husband and my dog and like that. So the idea I saw, I'm like, wow, I'm kicking around. Like, all right, God, am I, is it time to retire? I I don't know. Like, Oh, I wanted these moments, like kind of holding on to that. And then, but feeling like, I don't know if I have the motivation to go train for two more, you know, like just these things that I'm like, okay, these are shifts that like never bothered me before. Right. Um, and just being honest about that stuff with myself, like, do, do I want to go leave for two months? Which is probably what if I would have had to do if I were going to play WPF. I'm like, that doesn't sound very appealing to me. (laughs) I'm loving what I've got going on. Yeah. And so, but again, that's just like, I don't know. That's just God revealing to me some, some cool things. So I would say probably the biggest adjustment for our life will just be that like, cause now I work at my church pretty, uh, pretty hands-on is that like, I can't just up and leave whenever I want. <laughs> cause before it was like, Oh, you want to go somewhere? Let's go. 
Um, but I mean, I'm doing really cool work with my church. So, yeah, you know. that's awesome. So. That's awesome. So I guess along the same lines, um, you know, kind of knowing that you're leaving the game and it's been such a big part, like what are, what are parts of the game or maybe parts of a team that you'll miss the most? Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, there's, I have always, I love being on a team. Yeah. Like part of what makes being like, that's part of what I have just loved about the game. Like I'm not, I don't know. Like I'm not necessarily like the biggest softball fan as a player. Like I'll watch and stuff like that, but I'm not the person who's got like seven TVs up. Like it's just not really my game. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very much like when I'm playing, I'm in it, let's go. Right. But like, I, I check scores on Twitter, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love participating and like being a part of a team. And I, I really got into pitch calling and mm. working with pitchers on that, like next level yeah. in the international game, like just in working with pitchers that are hard sometimes, yeah. because when you get to the professional level, it's very much like, two adult women having to figure this out, you know, it's right. so different than college where there's a coach and there's this, you know, it's just different. Yeah. And I love like figuring out what makes a picture tick. And when they start to trust me, yeah, like it's the best. Um, yeah. So like calling a gutsy pitch and then being bought in and like stuff like that, I'll miss. Um, I'm going to, I think, the thing that I'll probably miss the most because you just can't really recreate it is um, like bus rides. You know, those <laughs> stupid moments yeah. where you're like, we're grown women act like idiots <laughs> in the back of this bus. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I think I, that's, that's they, huge, right? Like even in college, like, you know, the, the yeah. one thing I, I go to college games now and it's so funny because now I'm like, Hey, like, man, I should have thought about this when I was coaching college ball. Like they have such better snacks now. <laughs> and it's like a whole production like we would bring like a couple of like grocery bags you know and for snacks with the girls but now they've got like like huge kits like a snack kit you know and i'm like where's the snack bag right Right. (laughs) but yeah yeah, just just like stuff that has nothing to do with the game but it's still a part of the game right so yeah 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 Yeah, i think like when i think about i think about Haley mcclenny like when i had my good cry I was part of it was thinking about like, wow, people like Haley McClellan, one of the best players in the world, one of the best teammates I've ever had. Like she was a special teammate and I'm never going to share the field with her, mm. you know? And that was something like that, that hit me. And I use Haley as an example, cause she's really just like a special player and a teammate, but like, and she's like what part of my doc of the West crew. Like we were always in the back. And, yeah. Um, like we were even talking cause we knew some people were retiring after this year um, prior to the Olympics. And it was like, man, the whole dynamic of our little back of the bus thing is going to change, yeah. you know, cause one personality or two personalities are out. And so that stuff I'm going to miss just because you can't quite recreate it. Like me and Janie, I mean, I get to do church on the dirt with Janie. Um, and she's the best, she's one of my best friends. And so, but we were in Peru in 2019 at this yeah. point, like I'm married, she's been married for a couple of years and we're in this little room on twin beds that are like opposite. <laughs> we're looking at each other like, dude, we are grown married women. <laughs> like 
that are roommates all summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you think about it, it's like, what, what is our life? <laughs> but at the same time, like, what is our life? We get to do this. And yeah, no, that's great. And that, you're right. It's something that you can't recreate. It's like, uh, if you've ever been a part of a really special team, you know, I, I mm-hmm. used to tell my college kids, you won't see that again until you have a family, you know? And, and again, yeah. like a family, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, athletically minded so I think a family is a very special unit of a special team if you will but Mm -hmm. there's something different about being on a team and getting along and and having to learn to get along with some people and developing relationships that will last forever so uh, no I I completely agree I think that's that's probably um you know probably one of my favorite things of being a former athlete as well and you know it's funny because in the moment I think I can look back and when I was coaching at the collegiate level, I can look back and I can remember thinking, you know, like I was losing sleep on how can I fix this and where this part of our game isn't really great right now and how do I make it better and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, they're not going to remember any of that. You know, like as a player, I can barely remember. uh, I mean, I can remember a couple of really cool wins, you know, and and a couple of really heartbreaking losses. But if you were like, hey, do you remember that third time you played this team and you didn't get the bunt down? Nobody remembers that. Right. Like, and it's just. But you remember the conversations. You remember the relationships. You remember, you know, the things that that just being on that team, the relationships that were built. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's really special. So, yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, there's like, like there's elements of the game. Like, do I love the feeling of throwing somebody out? Yeah. And like, I'm never going to, like, I, I'm not going to go do that at work ever, you know, or like, you know, like there's things that are just like, all right, that's in the past. Yeah. They're going to come out and be like, man, what, what's the youth group doing? I don't know. But Aubrey right. is like slinging balls at them. Like, I don't know. I don't know. She's, she's telling them, no, you've got to go full speed. Like, right. Oh my gosh. They, they'd be mortified. <laughs> so with the level of ball that you've been able to play, like you said, like you, you kind of alluded to it. You had blinders on, right? So there has to be a competitiveness side to you that's probably pretty crazy, right? Like I'm competitive yes. at at checkers and monopoly and like oh yeah, I mean I if I lose like it kind of ruins my day a little bit, which is a downfall for me. Like I know this about myself. I'm a, I'm a terrible, I'm a sore loser. Um but how are you have you even thought about this yet? How are you going to scratch that competitive itch that we all kind of get you know because it's Uh how do you do that right yeah so I'm not like crazy crazy competitive outside of softball so I'm a little curious about where that's gonna go (laughs) uh so you're gonna be like me and like when you play checkers at Cracker Barrel you're gonna flip the flip the board over right you know like that's that's not me (laughs) most of the time no I'm the worst if someone is if someone's a bad winner yeah. Like then it's on, you know, yeah. like if we're playing, you know, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like I want to win. Right. I'm trying to strategize. But like, if I lose, I'm like, whatever it's, you know, unless somebody's a bad winner and then I'm like, I will stick it to you. Like, so, right. I but, will show you. Um, I, I really like pickleball. Dude, so, I'm a big pickleball fan. And I, for the longest I, time I was like, is this an old person sport? I don't know because I love it. It is, but it's. <laughs> trickling down 
in in Florida, like we we have like I where I live is like where they host the like pickleball U.S. Open or whatever they call it. Uh, pickleball is huge in South Florida. That's awesome. And so, um, we've got buddies that play and stuff like that. So I don't play enough, and it always starts like, oh, I'm just here to have fun, and then when I start like messing up or we're losing because I like hit it in the net three times in a row then I'm like oh my gosh and my husband he he's like an all-american tennis player yeah so like does he love he, pickleball like, or does he hate it as a tennis player does he love it or, or is he like eh? oh he he likes it way more than tennis really okay it's short core yeah it's all like servant he was a servant volley kind of guy so yeah. it's it's totally up his alley but like I just drag him down. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are not going to be playing any mixed doubles, is that what you're saying? Or uh... I mean, he'll play with me and he has fun, but he gets like because I get like I'm good. It's fine. It's fine. Don't, I don't need to be coached. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, tell me what to do. Yeah. I, I'm getting mad. So right. it, it's funny, but um, I think competitively that's good. But also like. This is this is gonna sound super like corny for you to like you know your all the Jesus folk out there, but like I really believe, and we've talked about this with Church on the Dirt, that like God gave us a competitive spirit, and like let's go use it for the kingdom. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say that I like when I'm like teaching our students with youth group because I, I work mostly with. I mean, we do middle school and high school, but my small group is with the high school girls and stuff like that. But like. I live in an area where like you can't have enough youth groups to reach all these kids. Like mm. there are kids everywhere. There's people moving down here like crazy and wow. like feeling like, what are we going to do to get these kids? Wow. You know, cause th- I have a real heart for this generation and it just keeps like getting bigger and bigger. Cause it's like these, it would be naive for us to think that they, the challenges are always the same, like generation to generation. The challenge is the same, but the, the way it looks is different. Right. You know, like you can right. boil it down to, to the same kind of thing, but like the deception that they're having to face, that they're having to try and like decipher and the distractions and the, I mean, it's like just an onslaught of yeah. the, of just like mess for these kids. And so I would say that like, I get, I'm starting especially to get competitive for like, like, nope, not this generation. Yeah. Like, they, they need to be reached. And, um, I've got like my, my youth pastor that I serve under, he's just got like the biggest heart for kids and like just reaching kids and no matter where they're at. And so it's, it's been cool. And he, he's like a sports guy too. So it's kind of fun there. And, um, yeah, I just think that they're like, God gave us a competitive spirit and like, yes, it can get messy if we don't know how to channel it, but like, (laughs) like who better to go out and like, right serve the lord that's right competitive people that like won't take that like won't be denied you know like no i I love it i will love you i will serve you yeah cannot stop me you know i love it i love it and i love that you have a heart for the next generation because my goodness i think all the time i'm so glad that i was a child of the 80s and social media was not around um, because I was, you know, like I was a very tender hearted kid. Like you could, you could probably look at me wrong and I would have been like, what, what, what's the problem? Oh you know, like, Same. <laughs> so social media, I, I would have been a wreck. I cried over everything until like the fourth grade. And then I didn't cry for like 
four years or something stupid. And then it was like, now I'm a real teenager and I don't know what to do with anything. Right, like, right. So yeah, I'm very, very thankful. And, and to, to be able to navigate that stuff, um, man, they, they need, they need leaders. They need people that love Jesus yeah. that will love them. So that's very cool. Well, and so, if I could add part of what, and I just share this mostly it's for, I think of like coaches. I'm, I imagine you have a lot of coaches listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that part of what I struggled with my freshman year was identity, which is, com- I mean, the identity aspect is super common, yeah. but I didn't know what God said about me. Mm. You know, like mm. I, I had friends that did in high school Yeah, and we were friends because I was a good kid. Like I didn't really make bad choices. Like I was straight and narrow and part of that led to some arrogance about like being prideful. Like, oh, I'm a good kid. I don't need to do this, you know? Sure. Yeah. Or not to the extent that I thought I did. Um, and so when I got to college and I was faced with like not meeting expectations and not knowing who I was, if I wasn't good at softball and things like that, it was like, I just like, when I opened my Bible, I wanted to know what God said about me because I needed a life preserver Yeah. on like, who do you say I am? Yes. You know, so things like yes. knowing that I'm a daughter of the king, you yeah. know, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that he calls me his own. Yeah. You know, like we're things that I gravitated towards in that season. Yeah. And so I I wanted to make a point of saying my heart for the generation the next generation is very, very rooted in like I want you to know what God says about you. Yeah. Like, do I care? I care what choices they make. I absolutely do. But like when I really believe that when you know what God says about you, um, you start to believe yeah, what, what he says in the Bible and you start to like really buy into that. And like, you start to see transformation in kids yep. when they really know and trust what God says about them. Yeah. So like all the behavior stuff, all the choices like will come after, but like this generation, they just need to know who they want wow. to. I a hundred percent. I believe that a hundred percent. And you're right. And the more you know it, the more you, you actually start to believe it, right? Because hearing yeah. something one time, it's like, okay, that's great. Maybe that's for somebody else, but then hearing it over and over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you want to create the right kind of patterns for these kids to believe. Right. So no, that's, that's awesome. I love the work that you're doing. That's really cool. So I just have one more question. Um, and, and this is kind of, you know, like, gosh, again, we, we just, what, whatever reason you are ending your, whether it's an injury or whether you're just graduating college or whether it's somebody like you and you've, you've checked all the boxes, so to speak. I mean, you've played literally at the highest level, but what advice would you give players that are coming to the end of, of their career? Maybe they're a senior this year, um, mm-hmm. but it, you know, like what advice would you give them? Um, so what's been a real comfort to me in this season, something that, again, lots of peace, lots of joy, but what's been a real comfort to me is just the scripture, um, I think it's, is it 2 Timothy 4-7? I, I, I forget the address, but it says, um, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race and I've kept faith. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's what I want for my life. You know, I want to fight the good fight. I want to finish my race and I want to have kept faith the whole time. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, the, I'll try to keep it brief, but 
the story about when I really came to terms with coming to retirement is I went to a church conference with my staff. Um, and it was my first church conference. So I was like, Ooh, cool. It'll be fun. And, um, in the first session, the, the lead pastor there was like, all right, you know, at conferences, you never really get enough time. It's just kind of like, go, go, go break out, meet people, network, all that jazz. And, um, but we want to give you guys some time at the beginning to kind of just have a quiet moment. And like I said, I'd been praying for, for a couple of weeks just like, God, I, I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's next. Do you want me to retire? Do you want me to play? Like I'll do whatever you want. And I, so we have this moment and they have these like stations where you could do prayer requests, you could do communion, you could do whatever, just kind of like really open-ended. And so they have this music playing and I'm sitting there and I'm praying and I just like start crying and I was overwhelmed with this feeling of like, all right, I'll raise time to go all in. Oh, wow. And I was like, and so I wouldn't say not an audible voice or anything like that, but very yeah. familiar to my freshman year when I was feeling like I didn't belong. I was in a way over my head, like very, all those feelings. And I kept like, my mom had asked me even like, do you want to transfer just cause she knew I kind of needed maybe an out or yeah. to feel like I wasn't stuck. Yeah. And at that time I felt this like, no, you belong here. Mm. Like this is for a reason. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm staying, <laughs> you know, and, and lucky, but truly. And then I stay, I meet my husband the next year, we win a national championship and, couple years later I get invited to team USA like just so many things that like I would have left that year only Only God God. like just truly a learning season and so it's very similar just a feeling of being overwhelmed by spirit and just like it's time to go all in and I'm like crying like does this mean I'm retiring (laughs) (laughs) like I think that's what it means is this over (laughs) yeah and not again not sad just like overwhelmed with emotion yeah and I got up out of my seat and I went down and I wrote down on, on one of these index cards that they had out and I took a picture of it because I didn't want to forget it because like it's so our nature to just forget stuff. Yeah. And so I wrote like generally speaking, I said like, um, all right, like I'm all in. Wow. Um, I think I said I'm all in, but I, I need you to leave me because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. And I said like, thank you for being overwhelmingly good to me thank you for protecting me. Leave me something like that. Yeah. And I folded up, I didn't write my name on it or anything. I folded up, I put it in this little jar and I took communion by myself Wow. and it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm like sitting there like crying and <laughs> I went back to my seat, cried a little more, but like, it, it was just like more of like a release of emotions. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm retiring. <laughs> this is happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I came home and I told my husband, I'm like, I'm retiring. And he goes, I know. And I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> what? He goes, I, I know you. It's okay. Like, you, I knew you'd get there or whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to tell you the story anyway. <laughs> and, and so it was like an emotional experience. But like I said, no sadness, no. Um, I, I just was. And it's interesting to me that like it was a feeling of go all in. Yeah. Like you can't be one foot out. Um, I don't know why that's how it kind of came to me, Yeah, but it's been very important to me that that's how it came to me. Because when I look back at my life with softball is I went all in. Mm. I have never played a game halfway. I have never given it anything less than everything I had. And like 
the experience, the relationships, everything about it was so rich. Yeah. Yeah. And so my advice like was in a softball perspective of like, go all in. Mm. Cause you don't just like, you don't deserve less than what going all in is. And so to flip that for the girl that's leaving the game for whatever reason, you have a race to run, whether you are playing softball or not, mm. you know, your race doesn't end with your career. Yes. And, and that was something that I, at the same conference, um, one of their sessions with the, one of the head pastors, he's this old football coach guy. So he preaches like a football coach and stuff yeah. like that. And it was, it was pretty cool. And he brought up that scripture and, um, he was like, I want to run so hard as long as I can, as fast as I can, so that when I die, I die falling forward at the feet of Jesus. Mm, I, I love was that. Like, I know. And I was like, ready to run through a wall. <laughs> I love right. it. Yeah. And I was just like, my race isn't over. Like it doesn't stop now. Like competing doesn't stop now. It's, yeah. So like I'm in ministry. Like, I don't know how long God has me here. If it's for the rest of my life. Cool. If it's a season, I don't know. Um, and then I know that it's not ministry for everybody, mm-hmm. but like you still have a race to run and your race looks different than my race, different from someone else's race. Like we're all like, God wants to use all of us yeah. for a very unique purpose for each person. And I've always believed in purpose and that everyone has different gifts and talent. Like that's what makes a team so great. Yeah. It's like you have different people that all serve a unique purpose and we're all on to sound as corny as possible. We're all on team Jesus, you know, that's right. Like that's about as corny as it gets. No, but, that's good, man. But that's it. We're, right. we're, we're one body with many parts, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I just, my advice would be, I mean, always just like seek the Lord, like where, like follow the peace, you yeah. know, cause yeah. God is a God of peace. And so if you feel restless, like if you feel chaotic, like take a beat, you know, and get with yeah. God and yeah. he'll answer. Um, so mine didn't feel dramatic, but it was actually kind of a dramatic shift for me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've been seeking the Lord. I've been praying about it and it just felt like, all right, I'll go all in, Man. go all in on this ministry gig, you know, and see what happens. And I haven't regretted it one time. There's been, I mean, I'm sure when summertime comes, there'll be a little bit of like, a, oh man, there go my sure. friends. Yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> that's that natural though, right? You know, like, yeah, it's... that would have happened anytime. I yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, I just think it's really easy to allow ourselves to believe that like, oh, I did all I could do. My best days are behind me. And it's just not like, that's a lie. Yeah. You have so much more to offer the world and God wants to use you and like you just, I don't know. I've, I've just really been leaning in and finding a lot of peace in, in the fact that I want to run my race well. Yeah. And it's not slowing down just because I'm not playing softball anymore. Oh my gosh. I could not love that more. I love that. I mean, it, cause you, you see college seniors and they're, they're so wrapped up in, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like, you know, that, you know, three months down the road and what if, and how's this going to look? And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, well, what am I going to do without? And they're, they're sad the whole time. And so I love just the thought of being all in. Yeah. I love that. And man, like, I'm going to use that again. Uh, you said just because your career is over, your race is not. I love that, yes. man. That's, that's yeah. huge. 
So it's been, I'm telling you, it's been such a source of peace and purpose for me. Um, just feeling like I'm just shifting gears. Like God had me playing for a long time. And like, I'm super lucky. I got to play past college and all that. He had, that was where he had me. Yeah. And now he's got me somewhere else. And like, but my purpose doesn't change. And I would say like from a, uh, like allow yourself to kind of lean into the mystery of not knowing what comes next. Mm. Like that's super scary for Absolutely. some people. It excites them. Some people it's the scariest thing ever, right. especially going from like something that feels pretty structured. Like your days are kind of planned. And then all of a sudden what next? Yeah. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a lie that like, you have to, I mean, that comes with social media, like all this comparison of like, Oh, you have to get the dream job, right? Like that's just not very realistic for most people. Right. Like, right. You might work seven jobs before you find the one that is actually the right fit for you. Yeah. You know, but but I think I mean going back to born ready, like you're born ready for every place that God has you. And mm. so I just that's been my perspective my whole life. Like my mom has really ingrained that in us that like nothing is wasted. Yeah. And we try to like make excuses or just like wish it away. Right. Like we're just, we're missing an opportunity. Yeah. And so it's probably, I think it's really easy to do that in seasons of transition. Like yeah. life transition. It's just so easy to be like, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to get the job or I'm going to get this, or I just need to get here and then I'll be whatever. When it's like, no, God's got you right where you are for a reason and don't waste it. Mm. Man, that's so good. I love that. That's good advice. I don't care if you're at the end of your career, uh, playing wise, um, or end of anything really. Like when something is over, I think as long as we're still here, it's such a great way to put it. Your race, your race isn't over. So finish strong. Mm -hmm. So man, I love that. Well, I love this whole thing. Aubrey, thank you for taking the time (laughs) today, man. This was great. Um, I love everything that you're doing and, and man, we just, as a, you know, as a community, we love the fact that you are open about your faith, um, that you put it out there and that you're willing to share. And so I know there's going to be a lot of people on this podcast that are just absolutely blessed by hearing you today. So Aubrey, thank you so much. And and man, I hope that God blesses you in ways that just, just knocks your socks off. So Thank, Thank you, you. woman. It's I a appreciate pleasure. It. Yeah. It's so fun to chat with. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, guys, I uh, hope this podcast is helpful for you guys. And, uh, hey, we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.